This chapter, chapter six, although it's not the first chapter in the book, is considered to be the major step that Yeshaya takes into prophecy. It's his first major prophecy. Um, Now, it's a very short description of the divine presence, the throne of glory. But when we're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, Yecheskel, we're going to see it quite extensive. And the Talmud explains that the difference why one chose to be, uh, Yeshaya chooses a very short version and Yecheskel an extended version is based on their prophecy. And they, they use it, the analogy of a sophisticated urbanite to a simple farmer, a rustic farmer. Yeshaya was an urbanite. He lived in the city. He was often in the presence of the king. So the sight of the king is a regular occurrence. He doesn't feel the need to share this huge description. It's a, it's a regular thing he sees. Yecheskel, on the other hand, is like a rustic in the vi- villager for whom seeing the king was an extraordinary event, and therefore he goes into great detail. Now, Yecheskel is one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. But in contrast to Yeshaya, Isaiah, the greatest prophet other than Moshe, um, he was a rustic villager. It, okay, let's start. In the year of the death of the king Uziyahu, I saw Hashem sitting on the throne, high and exalted, and his mantle's hem filled the sanctuary. Seraphim, a kind of angels, were standing above him to serve him. Each seraph had six wings. With two wings, it would cover its face so that it would not be able to see. With two wings, it would cover its legs so that it could not be seen. And with two wings, it would fly to perform its mission. Obviously, you cannot take this literally, but it's at least what his, what his mind's eye was able to perceive. There was this one seraph call, who called to the other, and the latter said after him, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. You know this from Davening. Literally, in Hebrew, V'karazel zevi amar, Kadosh, 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 Hashem tzvakot, We say it every day in Davening. That which fills his entire world is his glory. So it's interesting that you, you'll see throughout the prophecies multiple verses that enter into standards, davening, learning, etc. It's not just, you know, abstraction. The doorposts of the sanctuary's entrance move and shook at the voice of the, call, the caller, the person who screamed out, Kadosh, 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 and the house filled with smoke. And when I saw this, I said, Oily, woe is me, for I am silenced, or maybe I'm doomed. For I am a man of impure lips, and I live in the midst of people of impure lips. I'm unworthy of this vision. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Vayai Felai, one of the seraphim attending Hashem in the temple, flew to me, and in his hand was a coal. He took it from upon the altar in the temple's courtyard with tongues. You know, those things that you could pick up a coal with. He touched the coal to my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lip. And this, it's extreme heat that has purified you. Your iniquity is removed and your sin, your sin is atoned. I heard the voice of Hashem saying, Whom will I send and whom will I go to speak the words of prophecy to the people for us? And I said, Hineni, here I am. I'm ready for the mission. Shlacheni, send me. Vayomer and Hashem sent to me, Go tell the nation. Shimu Shamah. You may be able to hear a message, but it does not matter because you do not understand it. Perhaps you can see a sight, but it does not matter because you do not comprehend. Rather, the people were warned so that they could recall the warning sometime later. Right now, it was too abstract. Speak and blow to the heart of the people. Encumber its ears. 
In other words, at this stage, I don't need them to hear the message. So you're going to use words that are going to like kind of make them impossible to understand and nuance and absorb the message. Stop up its eyes so that it will not see correctly, lest it see with its eyes and hear with its ears and let its heart understand. And then it will repeal, repent and heal. In other words, I don't want them to repent. Um, because I, I want it to full, I, I want I, the, the, the events that have to unfold have to unfold. It is necessary to ensure that the prophecy will not have an effect in them, lest they be spiritually healed. I said, until when must I warn them of the terrible future without anyone heeding my words, my Lord? He answered, until the cities are devastated without remaining inhabitants, houses will lie empty without a person, and the land itself will be devastated into desolation. In other words, sometimes the prophets say something, but Hashem doesn't necessarily want people to fully digest it. It will sound so fantastic and so abstract that people will just ignore it. And after all this, there will be a tenth of the population remaining in the land who will be willing to listen. Some see this statement as a prophecy concerning the situation when, remember, ten, egg, ten tribes were exiled and only one-tenth of the Jewish people was left to hear. And the remainder of the people shall continue to be subject to elimination like the mighty terebinth and the leafy oak when their leaves fall and their bare trunks remain. However, he finishes in a positive um, word, Zera Kodesh Matzavta, the holy descendants will be its trunk. The people who will ultimately survive will be holy after everything they endured and they will not fall into decline again.